the uh, abbot of the monastery was saying how people, young people now don't know, can't make commitment to anything because their their minds just don't see it, see it in terms of staying with anything because uh, I guess the pressures of life and the options are so kind of uh, um, abrupt and changing that that the sense of of committing oneself of commitment is a rather uh, forbidding, frightening kind of uh, uh, attitude. Because this, the age that we live in is one where we can just uh, experiment, try things out, and and uh, and uh, never really uh, stay with something till we really. Uh, completed it. I know in the monastic life, my own commitment to it has been very strong. So it's, I, it's never been, uh, I've never considered anything else. So it's, uh, I've never had the problems of uh, wanting to leave uh, monastic life. Because I always thought even though the worst uh, bits of monastic life was still better than what I remember of my lay life. So I didn't didn't have very much. Uh, my lay life wasn't particularly successful or or fulfilling for me. Uh, so monastic life is uh, because it is a uh, gives one this opportunity to really. Uh, make a commitment to something very worthwhile and and uh, that it gives us this sense of of uh, really getting to the root the causes the the things that in the, the cause of suffering the the uh, the very essence of our existence now so you have this word like yonisomanasikara getting to the very root of something. Uh, and that, of course, is uh, just the experience of desire. Uh, getting to really, uh, getting to see how desire arises and ceases. Uh, examining these, the, this pattern of arising, of birth, and of cessation and death until uh, there's a, a, a deep insight or this jnana dasana, this profound understanding of something that is uh, truly understood no longer just uh, through uh, a theory or some kind of uh, abstraction but through a direct realization. Direct realization is is really being able to Trust yourself to, to in the awakened state in the present. So as long as we 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 read all these books about Buddhism and getting samadhi and technique and all that, so we we form a lot of opinions about samatha vipassana and and uh, various. You have to get samatha first and then vipassana afterward, or you have to. Uh, do this in order to get that, uh, and so that the mind is very much 
conditioned to think in this in this way. The thinking process itself is, remember, a, a condition that we've acquired, and it and it and when you when you're only living in a world of thought, then your your experience of life is very dualistic. It's just, you know you just see in a very linear way uh, A and then B and then C. So it it has a logical sequence to it, and it and and you have uh, this sense of going from one thing to the next. And that's what we tend to be strongly identified with is our thoughts and our memories and habits of the, our emotional habits. So we always see ourselves in terms of perception, perceiving ourselves as, as being a somebody or, or even perceiving yourself as nobody is still a perception. Uh, the function of is is uh, is creating some kind of image or or abstraction about oneself, about other people, about the world. And so thinking uh, has that limitation. It's a it's merely a function of the mind. It's, it is no way to convey truth uh, as an end in itself. Uh, thinking can lead us towards total delusion. Towards uh, Madness or whatever. Uh, you can, in Thai, they, they they often use the word "one who is crazy" is one who thinks too much. And so I was like that <laughs> because the thinking will drive you crazy. So it's not it's not the figuring things out with thought, but of learning to awaken, to stay in the awakened state of mind, pure attention, pure awareness. And this is then then this is the this the the door to the deathless, the gate to the deathless. And to realize this then it's a matter of, of learning to to uh, not try to get it, it's, as soon as you conceive it and you try to get it, you get into a state of doubt. Because, uh, you know, you think, gate to the deathless, pay attention now, be here and now, mindfulness here and now, and then you're, then you're trying to, f- to do it with some idea about it. You've already created the, uh, some concept about mindfulness. So you hear people say, I'm trying to be mindful, and very active trying to be mindful. <laughs> You've got, you're trying to become mindful or get mindfulness rather than be mindful. So that's why I use this word trusting yourself because it, you can't, you, you'll never get it through uh, trying to get it, but through the, the simple imminent act in the present of just this kind of listening, uh, uh, attentiveness, openness, receptivity in the present moment. So that the more you try to conceive it, the, 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 the more you're missing it. It's not a matter of, of, of trying to understand it through definition or through theory, but through the mere uh, ability to the simple act of, of attentiveness.
and learning to trust in that, uh, because uh, the, how much, how many of you really meditate the idea of getting something, gaining something? Uh, you always want to get jhanas or, or uh, get stages or, or, or get insights or get tranquility or there's a, whenever we start thinking, then desire arises and we we're trying we conceive something that we want to get. And then we also recognize the the obstructions to what we want to get. We want to get rid of the obstruction. So we have this endless uh, kind of uh, confusion around bhava dhanha, vipava dhanha, desire for becoming and desire for getting rid of. And so, like, how can you ever be uh, enlightened through ignorance? Uh, So you... You, you, you can, as long as you start with ignorance, you'll end up with suffering. And then the Paticca Samuppada, the uh, dependent origination, states very clearly the sequence of avicca is the cause of suffering, or not knowing things as they really are, or ignorance. So then we then we think, well, I I'm ignorant. And I have to practice in order to become wise. And that very assumption, I am ignorant and I have to do something in order to become. If you're aware of that, at least that's, if you've, if that is a, a state of awakened awareness. If you're just aware of the, of the basic assumption that you, you're a screwed up person that has to do something in order to become some something else. You might consider it humility or honesty in some way, but it's not really. It's uh, this habits of that we we have and the world that we live in is based on these delusions of uh, a self uh, that I actually am a, a solid person as a as a reality. But in the, in the imminent act of awakeness, the more you trust in it, then you, 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 there's no need to be anybody or to become anything or get rid of anything. So the, in other words, the the Buddhist path, it's ujjupatipano, or this, and it's a direct, uh, it's very direct, it's here and now, encouraging investigation to be experienced individually by the wise. So it's not a matter of, of attainment, or of a getting something in the future, but of, of uh, surrendering to the present. Learning, like, Contentment, learning to be content and to, to, to just be like be grateful for things, so that you're not always thinking of, of you know what you want and how better things could be. But uh, say as samanas, we're learning this sense of uh, gratitude because it helps to, it, it stops this uh, this uh, endless uh, kind of um, desire to get things that we don't have or improve on everything. 
no, life of a samana, of a monk or nun, is, is based on this kind of this gratitude and contentment, things that help us to, to rest in the present, so we're not sitting here planning our next move and, and thinking of how better things could be if we had this or didn't have that. And uh, so learning, it's not just to say, shut up and be content with what you have and don't make a scene, don't be a nuisance. Not not a, a kind of uh, imperative to to just uh, 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 take what you get as a as a as a kind of blind faith in something, but it's really a very wise reflection on learning to. We don't need a lot, really. We don't have to have a lot. Uh, we our life is based on alms. And so we don't have to devote our time to endlessly trying to, to get something or improve on everything. So we, we do. We can learn to be content and grateful for the alms that are given to us. Well, this helps. This, uh, this gives us a sense of uh, kind of resting and, and uh, relaxing into the present opening to the present. We use, in our way, it's the direct path is using wisdom. There's not getting wise, uh, getting some, like the assumption that you're not wise and you've got to do something to become wise is another uh, assumption we make about ourselves. So modest, we might be very modest uh, kind of people who think, well, you know, I'm, I made so many mistakes and I'm, um, you know, not very wise person and uh, I've got to develop wisdom. So that might sound some kind of like modest uh, assessment of one's uh, character. Well, that's fair enough, maybe on a worldly level, but in terms of practice, it's uh, you're, you're you're not trying to become wise, but use wisdom. So the whole Buddhist uh, uh, convention is is to be used wisely, rather than just be adhered to um, out of out of out of the sense of becoming something. Uh, we're not you know to become. Uh, uh, a monk or a nun or become uh, uh, a teacher or meditation teacher, an ajahn, or become uh, something uh, is, uh, they, is not the, the aim of the, the, uh, the aim of the monastic life is to uh, be content and grateful and, and to be aware of these uh, desires to become something and to get rid of something. So when we're, we're in the present moment, then we, we do have some perspective on the desire, dhanha, which is, is uh, something we need to understand and know. It's not something that we get rid of or resist, uh, but something we began to study, investigate, observe. So sometimes people reading Buddhist books can, 
uh, come up with the idea that Buddhists, are, we're all here to try to get rid of our desires, become desireless people, um, and that uh, we shouldn't be attached to anything. We should not attach to anything. And uh, all these, these are ideals, aren't they, that, that people create out of, of reading uh, Buddhist uh, literature because they don't quite understand what, what it's all about. It's the, the mind tends to idealize this as a, uh, a, a good monk is one who is, is not uh, attached and ha- isn't, doesn't have desires. Or is it meant to be that this realm that we live in is a desire realm? Is that this, the body is a desire body, the human body. Is, it, it's here because it has desires. Uh, it's a sexual body, so it has sexual desires and pro- pro- the desire to procreate. It has hunger and thirst and and uh, so desire for survival. This is the nature of the human body. It's uh, it's that's the way it is. It's a uh, it's a desire body. So, so the. Um, the human body is uh, is what it is. Uh, so, uh, you know, no matter how hard you try to get rid of its desires, you're not going to be able to do it because desire is its nature. So, instead of trying to, to get rid of desire, you, you investigate desire, like with the Four Noble Truths. You see, like Second Noble Truth is des- the desire and attachment. And the and the the insight into the second noble truth isn't getting rid of desire, isn't like trying to annihilate it, but letting go of it. So letting go of desire is is different than is not is not getting rid of it. It's it's letting desire be what it is, and and uh, and when you realize the habitual attachment to it, either through following the attachment comes through either following it uh, or resisting it. Like resisting desires, trying to get rid of desires is, uh, is, uh, is compounding it, isn't it? It's another desire. The desire to get rid of desire is, uh, is another kind of desire. So it's like you go around in circles with that. If you're just trying to get rid of desire through the desire through desire to get rid of it. That's the, you just go around in a circle. That There's no way out. So it's not a matter of getting rid of, but in understanding. So it's very well spelled out, the second noble truth, gamadana, bhavadana, vipavadana. Well, they, they nicely categorize desire into three groups. And uh, so that we, it's, uh, we can begin to to note it like gamadana or the sense, sense desires uh, just on the sense plane for pleasant pleasurable uh, sense experiences either through the eyes through sight through looking at beautiful objects or sound smell taste touch or or uh, a sexual desire things like this sense sense desires 
are natural to this state, is this uh, part of this realm. But the but when we're mindful, then we we're, we're no longer bound into the limitations uh, uh, of the human body because we can actually observe the desires of our own of our own physical bodies and the desires that arise through the senses just by looking at something attractive or the desire that 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 comes through through uh, con- being conscious of something that attracts you now there's that happens, there's a desire, but there's also an uh, awakened state, awareness, an awareness of desire. And so your refuge is in the awareness, not in some, some commitment to trying to stop desire and get rid of it, but to actually understand it, to know it. So the, and people in the monastic life oftentimes end up resisting desires. They they think that they they've got to have this endless battle and fight against the desire realm, and so they're always resisting, trying to destroy it or or get rid of it or deny it. But that's vipavadana. So bhavadana, vipavadana are desire for becoming, desire for annihilation or getting rid of. They even desire to become something uh, based on uh, ignorance. Even if it's to become uh, an enlightened being, the desire to become enlightened based on avicca will only end up in some kind of disappointment, despair. Uh, because you, you might, it might be a noble desire, but it's still desire that comes from ignorance. You haven't really got to the root of it you haven't cracked it. You're merely operating from kind of ideas about it. You're in this uh, yoniso manasikara. It's getting to the very root of it. You know, so you, you're really uh, getting to be an expert on desire, dunha, in how it arises, ceases, attachment, non-attachment. Because this is the realm that we live in, so this is what we, obviously the lesson we have to learn is around desire. Because that's the strongest force that, that's operating. In the, in the, we live in, a, in this, this realm that is um, feeling, you know, of being attracted, being repelled all the time. There's this, this kind of, this uh, irritation going on all the time. So the Buddha pointed to the to the liberation, not through control. Not pointing to to going to, to you know trying to create a utopian situation where um, you know you you kind of can control everything and control your mind and uh, just live on always on the edge of controlling because. That's another desire, isn't it? Desire to control, to keep everything can, under control. Uh, a desire to get rid of all the temptations or the uh, difficulties or ob- obstructions or evil forces. 
there's a vipavadana, desire to get rid of evil is, is still a desire. And that's why in in name of good causes we can do evil acts, can't we? Because we like killing uh, criminals or uh, like capital punishment or or the uh, in a war, uh, a righteous war, killing off uh, heretics, witches, uh, uh, apostates, uh, killing off the people that want to destroy uh, Buddhism. Um, something like this. We could, we could create a righteous cause and get very kind of dedicated to a righteous cause, and then that very, uh, but that righteous feeling of righteousness is coming out of ignorance, not out of wisdom. Because thinking does that. If you're just attached to thought and perception, then it, the world is polarized, one force against another, the dualistic. Uh, polarization and those right against wrong, good against bad. Uh, that's the, and the logic that that comes from that kind of thinking. But religion always is is uh, the real profundity of religion is not through dualism but through transcending. And transcendence isn't isn't a kind of leaving it all behind it's because you're fed up with it but uh, transcendence means the ability to be mindful because in this present moment in the state of uh, awakened awareness in just a simple act of attention and openness then the mind is open to whatever is going on now the way it is good or bad right or wrong so the, this intuitive awareness then embraces the moment. It it includes everything. So that it's not taking sides, not not uh, opposing anything, not criticizing, but but knowing the way it is. It knows evil is evil or good is good, but it's it's not uh, it's not caught in a uh, in fear or desire or uh, any, any kind of, uh, we don't create any problem around it. We don't m make it into an issue. Because we, we, we realize that the, if we just let things be, then, then the nature of all conditions of phenomena is to rise and cease. And our determination, say, in in our life as a, with a physical world is to do good, refrain from doing, say with action and speech to do what is good and refrain from doing what is bad. But in terms of the intuitive awakened moment, that includes both good and bad, right and wrong, friends and enemies. So learning to trust that ability, that awakenedness in the present. And it's, the more you think about it, the more you'll get confused by it. It's a simple act of, of just poised attention, openness, 
receptivity. And you can, you can then begin to feel what's even going on inside you. you, know, you what's going on in your body, what the kind of tensions or, or emotional uh, quality that might exist now. It includes everything, whereas the internal, external. So it's not a matter of controlling, is it? It's not trying to, to, to hold on to the good and, and uh, resist the bad, but it's uh, willing to, the, the, the trust and the receptivity to include the whole in the present. So that's an intuition, you know, try to examine it logically, difficult to explain. It's an intuition, it's it's experience, you have to experience it, know it. It's not, when you talk about, you know, intuition uh, with with, uh, ideas, then it doesn't sound like much of anything. Because uh, then you, you're opposing it maybe to logic and reason. But it is in, intuitive awareness is is the is the way uh, for spiritual realization. Not through it's the and it's the, because it doesn't seem like much of anything in terms of the conditioned mind. Then it. Uh, it's overlooked, not noticed, not appreciated. Even though we use it, we may not really be all that aware of it. We all have a certain amount of intuition is necessary for survival. Uh, Just survival. (laughs) It it still operates, but it's like it's so near that we don't, we don't, uh, we don't know what it is. And our society is one that uh, that tends to completely ignore it. The modern Western world is very much dedicated to reason and logic. So it's uh, you know trying to prove everything and and control and manipulate the material world to for our own benefits. Always this idea of progress is based on thinking, on ideas, isn't it? Of progress, where we have the idea of a continuous, everything's going to get better and better. And that's what we like and desire, is that everything gets better and better. And then we, uh, we like this idea of progress. And then things progress up to a peak and then they regress or de- degenerate. No, it's, that's the pattern of conditioned phenomena, arising, ceasing, progress and degeneration, uh, birth, uh, youth, uh, old age, sickness, death. They're complementary they they're a whole rather than than uh, opposed to each other. 
So it's through intuitive awareness uh, that, that we can realize this. This is where wisdom is, it's, it's where the, the self, the sense of yourself always defined in terms, in concepts, in perceptions and that is, is no longer makes any sense. To, to always see yourself in terms of a, some, some kind of adjective. That we want identities that, we, that make us uh, think we can know ourselves. I think I'm, I'm a Leo. Uh, yeah. And I can read all about Leos and then it gives a sense of I am, that gives me a stronger sense of my identity as a person. Or I'm a Buddhist monk, or I'm an uh, American, or I'm a um, whatever. Is to have all kinds of perceptions of myself. Uh, defining myself in, and oftentimes very negative ones. But then in the uh, meditation began to see through all these negative perceptions and the, the positive ones were not the problem I, because my attachment was to the negative ones. That's what tend to give importance. My attention was to what's wrong with me, my weaknesses. So, that was creating endless suffering uh, for myself through uh, creating myself all the time in, in, uh, in through negative perceptions. Comparing myself with others or with ideas, with, with ideals. But uh, with intuitive awareness, you, you see through that whole, that whole habit. It, it just drops. It doesn't have any, any real essence or substance to it. It's like a soap bubble. Uh, one th- you know, a soap bubble can look quite big, but when you puncture it, there's, no, there's hardly anything left. A little bit of damp, maybe, is most you can get out of it. Or they say soap bubbles are foam on the sea. Uh, things without, without any core, any essence, any real substance. So they say this, uh, see that our opportunity now is in being in a place like this is that this is, this is the pra- encouraging this kind of practice, this kind of investigation. Because it's a rare opportunity that, that in the world at this time that one has to, uh, to do this, to have any encouragement in this direction. Because the worldly life is very much based on, you know, achieving and and trying to uh, to gain things and become something, based on controlling and on creating and and uh, progressing. The good fortune of this time is that uh, religion isn't a big issue anymore, at least in the West, 
Western world, is it like in America or here in in Europe? Uh, uh, religion is uh, it's be, it's been made kind of uh, a side issue in the in the culture. So it uh, so they just kind of leave us alone. Uh, you you read about say 200 years ago, being Buddhist. Buddhist monk in England probably I would have been uh, had been hung or something <laughs> as a heretic <laughs> because then religion was you know people was, had strong views about you know other religions being wrong or evil and uh, and only Christianity was right and even Catholicism was wrong here in England for after Henry VIII, wasn't the Roman Catholics were persecuted, and uh, there's only Church of England and uh, Anglican Church like that. So, uh, but now the Church of England is a completely harmless church, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't have great clout in the minds of anybody in this country, and uh, it's certainly not a, a malevolent, threatening against other religions it's quite been quite friendly and amenable so so it is a, in spite of the one can condemn the time as materialistic and and uh, see it in terms of what's wrong but also what I well this is my my reflection anyway that uh, it's in some ways it's rather nice that religion isn't such a a stirring issue on on the on the political scene anyway, or the economic one, because uh, we can have Buddhist temples now in England. They have mosques, temples, synagogues, um, Buddhist temples, Hindu temples, all over the place. Uh, nobody, in, 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 and if you start uh, condemning other religions, you that's considered uh, not politically correct. And so, in some ways, you know, when we realize that it's a, it's a time where we, we really don't have to, on the level of external conditions, there's not much preventing us from doing this. There's no great obstacles in terms of living here in England or in terms of support for it. It's not, not something that you have to live in the catacombs or hide away secret cells meeting secretly and uh, trying to just survive uh, the uh, some kind of uh, police checks and whatnot. But the the but then also life is so easy now, <laughs> uh, and it doesn't expect very much. So we we don't have to put effort in. We can survive quite well in 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 Britain without doing much. The system will carry everybody and you can survive uh, and uh, so it, it also can make us rather lazy or or just uh, taking the easy way out. Just not doing anything much but floating. Or we can Determine, make a determination. You know, but life isn't a very long time. Actually, it's it's, it's very brief experience. Uh, 
don't, don't when you're young don't take it don't take it for granted that you've got that much longer to live though I said before only yesterday I was 30 years old what it seems like they talk about 1966 now like it was antiquity <laughs> to me it was only yesterday <laughs> So I offer this as a reflection for this evening.